we are about to like, as of this episode, launch our purposity team and we can't wait to tell you about it. And one thing that you've been asking us for over and over and over is like a streamlined way to be able to help others, to give to others. Um, and we have a way to do that. So if you don't know what purposity is, we're going to tell you, we're going to have the founder Blake here sitting with us, telling us, um, about our upside team. And if you do know about it, you're going to be really excited. Living in gratitude, finding the positive in every experience, and helping other people do the same. You are now part of the movement. Welcome to the Upside Podcast with Callie and Jeff. If this is your first episode of The Upside, welcome. If you've been here before, welcome back. My name is Jeff Dollar, and today I am grateful for the sunny, cooler weather this morning when I went on my walk. My name is Callie Dollar, and I am grateful for silicone straws. I am going to give you the double the upside update in a few minutes, and it's going to be there's going to be some conversation around it, okay? But the double the upside update is a few minutes away. Before we get into that, I have to tell you, Callie, about the text message that I wrote mm-hmm. did not hit send on. And I think we might regret it for the rest of our lives. Okay. I I can't tell you who this is because I'm sure this is all like top secret stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. But somebody that we both know sent a message and, and said, I hate to ask this, but I need some money. And then went on to explain what they needed the money for. Okay. I... The total amount of money that they needed was $75,000. Wow. Seven, five, comma, zero, zero, zero. I said in my text message to you, where can we get $75,000? I'm being totally serious. Is this like a hostage situation? No. (laughs) You're, listen, I have chills just thinking about what could, how this person's life is, is about to change. Okay. They were approached by people affiliated with Oprah, and one of their products is on the short list to be a favorite thing. No way. But they don't have the inventory to to meet the demand, Uh so they have to go into like double fast manufacturing mode yesterday, and they need 75,000 bucks, half up front and then half on delivery. If we had that, I would give it to our friend in five seconds. It's yes, because first of all, it's the holiday season, right? This is a great product and they have, and Oprah's the golden. She's like, and she'll be, I mean, that's why, that's what changed Sarah Blakely's life. And so I was like, this is a no brainer, right? This is, this is minus the whole like fact that we don't have, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't even have $75 right now. So 75 grand is out of the question, but I was like, oh my gosh, how does this come together? And, uh, somebody actually responded faster who saw the upside because a few minutes later she sent another message out and said, I think I have it covered and, and a a mutual friend of ours is I think going to help her out. That's awesome. But what? That is so cool. Like I want the gratitude journals to be on Oprah's favorite things. That'd be cool. Like 
what? I like, know. This could change their lives forever. Literally ever. It, it could change the tra- trajectory of their existence. I love this about you. Jeff is such a closet helper. Like, I don't think he's ever gotten enough credit for how much he is the first one when someone says, I need blank to jump in and say, I'm going to help you with that. And usually it's like a connection or a whatever. So that's easy because it's not 75 grand. Um, But I just think it's very cute that you get so excited for other people. I find it very adorable. Well, and just to make it clear, I, with, with this money, part of me was like, yes, I would love to help them out. But the other part of me was like, oh my gosh, we could cash in on this, take a little bit and say, okay, but well, you know, here's the money. We don't even want interest. We just want a little piece of your business from now until forever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause, cause then, cause, cause like I'm like you said that Sarah Blakely and Spanx, it's what changed that. Have you been watching too much shark tank? <laughs> Maybe I have. <laughs> Uh, okay. So let's get to, uh, what we do every single Friday, uh, here on the upside with Callie and Jeff. Double the upside, double the upside, double the upside by the end of the year. Uh, of course you, I'm sorry. What? Where's the, yeah. Oh, all right. Sorry. You're like, double the upside, (laughs) double the upside, double the upside by the end of the year. Yeah. My yeah is tempered. My enthusiasm (laughs) is, is diminished and I'll explain why in a minute, but I'm not going to, it's not going to bring us down. It's just whatever. So double the upside is a promise that I made to a dude at this, at this convention, uh, where he's like, well, do you think that your, um, audience is just the people who follow your wife on social media and the people who used to listen to you on the radio and it's just gonna, and they're just gonna listen and nobody else will listen. And I go, no way, man, we're already growing. We've got, we can see us growing in other cities. People are spreading the word. We'll double the upside by the end of the year. I guarantee it. And he's like, oh, okay, keep me posted. And so that's our goal, right? So doubling the upside would mean averaging 15,956 listeners in a 24-hour period to mm-hmm. one episode of the show. That's, the, that's the, the measuring stick that we're using. So last week, we started at half that. We started at 7,500-ish, mm-hmm. 7,800-ish. We're up to 9,670 as of last week. Mm-hmm. All right. So here you go. You can pretend you're opening an envelope, but it's just a folded index card. Um, we're down by 48. Yeah. But, okay. What's our total, though? 9,622. Okay. So we're so close to 10,000. I know. Um, here's what I feel, and I've said this to you before, but I haven't said it to the people who listen to the show. I think you're getting too obsessed with 24 hour time periods. And I think that's like against what a podcast is because people don't have to listen to podcasts in the first 24 hours. So I think that it should be what the big fancy people were telling us, which is like a weekly number. Like how many listens do we have a week? But if our 24 hour, but, but the 24 hour thing is just a measuring stick. Like that's just a constant, like that's just a measuring stick. Right. So it shouldn't change. And I have a bigger problem with it that I I can, I'm happy to go into because of how much I love data. (laughs) Jeff has been tormenting himself over this for like 
I don't know, two, three weeks. For about a month now. Yeah. Because here's why. Our numbers, the different numbers that I look at are so static, right? They are so, they change so little that it's almost, in my mind, it's it's almost unbelievable. Like, I think there is a glitch in the matrix somewhere, and I am determined to find it. And here's a perfect example. Last week, we were up 17. The week before that, we were up 39, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And this week, we're down 48, okay? So mm-hmm. 39, 17, and 48. Out of 9,670 listeners... That's one half of 1% of movement. That's not realistic. It's not realistic that our number would stay that static. Oh, so you're saying like if there was some big event that caused people to not listen, then it would be a huge number down. And if it was a really big job, but you're saying because it's so close to the same number, it's like it can't be real because- people's habits aren't that similar. Like well, there's not. And there are people who are going to get tired of our show and stop listening. I know mm-hmm. that that sounds it's terrible to say out loud, but there are people who are going to be like, you know what? I'm not really into this anymore. Or they're going to find another show or they're going to go back to radio or they're going to whatever. They're going to go away. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's going to be people who come on board. I just find it hard to believe that virtually the same amount that are leaving are coming on board for for a full month now. It's weirding Jeff out. And this is happening at the same time that we switched platforms. Yes. Which is the other part of it. So yes. we, in order to incorporate advertisers, had to switch what platform releases our podcast. And um, we really, for the first month, had like no problems with our old thing. And then we had to switch to a new platform um, to incorporate the ad stuff just for technical reasons. And um, Jeff is like, not into this platform. He's it's, like, it's not that I'm not. It's into that we've been it. having issues since we switched. It's not that I'm not into it. It's just that I find it very odd that all of these benchmarks that I look at are so identical. That yeah. just weirds me out. So we, we're we're not going to dive into you know a, a thirty minute behind the scene analysis or whatever. Just know that on any given day, there's a lot of spreadsheets in my world. And Jeff Dollar is driving himself crazy. And I took a pause on it this morning. I'm like, you know what? Good. It's I think fine you should. Because because 9,700 people is still great. We have plenty of time before the end of the year to, to double it. And especially if it's an accounting error. Like, I'm not going to say it's the platform. <laughs> it could be something on my end. Like, maybe I didn't turn something on somewhere that I'm supposed to turn on. And when I flip that switch, then guess what? 500 more people every day. Or maybe our show is just not that great. No, I'm if, just kidding. But I'm if the show that would be like, no, I would be fine with that. I would be fine if the number was going down. Yeah, you just don't trust it. Yes, it's just weird. So, anyways, uh, another update next week. Um, and if you don't hear an update, it's because I have drowned in Microsoft Excel. Double the upside, double the upside, double the upside by the end of the year. Yeah. I feel like that's not a very upside yeah. Well, give me next. Give me till next week. Okay. Uh, we have an article to talk about that Jeff is like not about. We got this a couple of days ago and Jeff's like looking at it like, 
skeptically. Well, it, it was just one of the things that came across our desk and we're like, oh, maybe do we talk, do we talk about this on the show? And Callie goes, yes, because I had an upside listener reach out with a question about the one. The one. And what she asked me was, how did you know that Jeff is the one? Which I find really funny because when Jeff proposed to me, we had never discussed marriage. So um, I honestly never thought about it when we were dating. But I do have some things that I think are really important. But let's talk about this article first because this article is going to cheapen the whole thing. No, it's not. No, what they're saying. Well, no, what they're saying is that it takes the, the the article says that it takes 7 months for the average person to realize that you're the one mm-hmm. right that's that's the basis of the article but then it continues to say that 50% of of women in relationships drop hints encouraging their partner to propose okay once they're ready for that to happen and I think that the hints that they list in this article are ridiculous because men are clueless. What are some of the hints? Uh, they watch romantic TV shows or movies involving weddings or proposals. That's the top hint. Is this from like Seventeen Magazine or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't, I, it, doesn't it feel like a like a Cosmo or something that's like? I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I mean, you said you already said that that. Our propo- my proposal was a complete surprise to you. So um, there were no hints dropped, right? No, I wasn't dropping hints at but all. But let me tell you something, women, that if you're trying to get your man to propose, he's not going to connect a romantic movie with the fact that you want an engagement ring. Right. Like guys just don't, That's that's too much work. Uh, talking about other people's weddings or engagements. Like, that's not going to help a guy understand. Um, 50% of women said that they left wedding magazines out. No, they didn't. That's according to this. If I had left wedding magazines out when we were dating, you would have broken up with me for sure. I That might not be true. That's okay. Here's my question. How long? Okay. It says seven months before you like know that someone's the Suppo- one. That's the average. Supposedly. That's the average. Um, How did, how long before you knew that you wanted to propose? It was not that fast. I'm still, I'm not sure. I'm still out on that one. I uh, knew you weren't going to be serious and say anything serious about this. I'm, Come on. I'm out. Of, I'm on the fence. I don't know. I can't remember. You I just mean, I looked, blocked for, out. I, I started looking for the ring like six months before I proposed to you. So like after two years, like you decided and then you immediately went ring shopping. Yeah, but I'm too, I'm a bad one. I don't have emotions. Like I'm just too, yes, <laughs> I'm just too practical about stuff. So for me, it wasn't like, oh, she's the one I have to go, whatever. It was like, okay, we've been dating. I know I want to marry her. I know I want to get her a nice ring. I have to figure out how much that's going to cost because I'm going to have to no, save No, I know, for but it. what they're talking about is even before that. Like, how do you, like, when do you know, oh, I think I can marry this person? I don't know. I could give some funny, like, I've heard people, you know, they're like, oh, well, I knew that when she liked watching football playoffs, when she when she could eat a wing, yeah, clean, I don't, completely clean a wing bone. Like, I don't have any funny stories like that. I here's what knew. I did say to her, though. Um, the listener that that messaged me and because she, she said, um, I've been with my boyfriend a little bit a lot. A lot of times I think this could be the one. And then there's so many things that irritate or like bother me 
that I just don't know. Like, how do you know that? And I said, honestly, like I didn't because Jeff and I never talked about it, but here's what I know in hindsight about marriage and about picking a partner. And what I said to her is you have to decide, like if you both have a common idea of what your most important value is in marriage, and we did, like we both had been in super serious relationships and worked through some stuff. So partnership was super important to both of us. And I think that has made things kind of breezy in our marriage so far. Cause we're both working towards the same goal. Like if someone's goal, is, like a team, like a team, it's yeah, a team we're effort. really equal. So in everything we do, we're an equal team effort. We both know that. And we don't have to like, it just makes things easier. So that was my advice to her was, do you both share the same number one value in marriage? Like for some people, it's a religious thing. For some people, it's a family thing. It's, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that's, that's actually really good advice because you're not, you're going to have a hard time having a successful marriage. If one of you is very godly, like, Mm -hmm. and grew up like super Christian or whatever. And then the other person is, yeah, whatever. Sure, I'll go to church with or you if you want me really to. Or if one person really wants a family and the other one, one doesn't. One person wants eight kids and the other person's like, nah, I don't need kids. Yeah, so those are things or like- Or career-focused. If 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 one of you is is super, super career-focused and the other one just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. But now we're not answering the question. We're saying- But what, that doesn't, I mean, but so like, no, that's not answering the question of the article, but I think it's a more interesting topic because people have asked, how did you know Jeff was the one? And I honestly didn't until he proposed. But what I know now is, and my mom always said this to me, and I will repeat it to our kids, the more, it's not impossible to have a marriage and be totally different people, but the more you have in common when things get hard um, or when life gets hard or throws you something hard, the more you have in common, the easier it is to deal with because you both kind of see eye to eye on how to handle the situation. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think going, going back to what the woman who wrote you said, she said, I I love this guy, but there's so many little things that bother me. mm -hmm. That goes back to what I've said for years and years and years, like since my divorce Mm -hmm. is you have to sweat the small stuffs small stuff because little things that bother you that go unaddressed become big things. Right. No matter what they are. So, and I think to what Callie was saying about our partnership and teammate and all that stuff, I made that very clear in the beginning of my relationship with, with Callie is that for, for me, I, if something, I'm not going to say something out loud unless it really bothers me. So what I asked of Callie is, if I say something to you. Please know it's a big deal. Can can you please take it seriously? Mm -hmm. Because I think it's easy to dismiss something. I hope I explained this right. Bad explanation, paranoia setting in. (laughs) But I think it's really easy to dismiss something that's not important to you. Mm Mm-hmm that is important to your partner because you're not, you're on two different wavelengths. Right. So uh, just, I'm looking into the living room and I'm seeing that there's a couple of the throw pillows on the ground. If that was something that I knew drove Callie nuts, even though I don't get it, because you got to mm-hmm. kick the pillows off the couch in order to get comfy on it. Right. Right. 
Even though I don't get it, I would make it a point to put those pillows on the couch because it's it drives me nuts. Yeah. And it can. And Jeff also said, like, I don't think I also don't believe in nitpicking every little thing about something. But if something really bothers you and it like builds up over time, eventually it's going to explode. Right. So if it drives you nuts and I've said to Jeff before, I'm like, I know this is really weird, but you leaving your belt on the bed makes me think there's a snake in our bed every time. I hate it. It drives me nuts. I know it's stupid, but can you not do that anymore. And he's never done it again. Now I don't nitpick every little thing. And the other thing I said to her was there are going to be certain things that drive you crazy about everyone. Like there is no perfect person that makes no mistakes and, and never gets on your nerves. Like that is not real. You have to figure out what's tolerable and you can deal with and what drives you nuts and how that person's willing to react to you. Well, let's use our phone number, um, for, uh, for this topic, because here's the moving back to the dropping hints. Like once you figured out that your person is the one and you're going to drop hints, that's what, that's what I want to give the phone number out for. Mm-hmm. 800-434-5454. If you dropped hints that you wanted to get engaged and married, mm-hmm. what hints did you drop? And you don't have to tell anything more than that. You can just say like, oh, I left bridal magazines lying around or I, um, we watched romantic movies every day for a week, or I took them to five friends, weddings and whatever, right. whatever it is, mm-hmm. because what I'm going to, I'm just letting you know what I'm going to do when we play these back is I'm just going to blow holes in your theory because I believe that all guys would be clueless to your hints dropping. It's funny because I am not a person that does hints really. Like I don't hint for stuff. Like if I want something from you, I say it. But you can't just say, I want to get engaged because then you're. That no, you person. don't say that. But I think you say, I mean, if if we had gotten to a point, because actually one of your friends was saying, had a conversation with me and said, you know, what's up with you and Jeff? Have you guys discussed marriage? And I was like, we haven't. And she's like, well, I think if um, year two or if, if you turn 30 and there's no engagement ring, I think you need to sit him down and have that conversation, which I would have done and just said, Hey, how are you feeling about our relationship? Like, do you see this going any further or am I wasting my time? Cause I don't want to waste my time. Yeah. Well, I know who you're talking about and it seems I should have had my, that conversation with her as well. <laughs> so I did waste it my was time. just, so we're not being passive aggressive. It was, it was Jen. Yes. I think everybody figured that I, I know, out. but I just wanted to say it. So it wasn't like, Oh, passive aggressive. Can't oh, say your yeah. name. Yeah. It was Jen. Jen told me that I should turn the heat up on Jeff, which is weird. Cause I think, didn't you tell her that you were going to propose? Uh, I think I, yeah, I think I told her she was one of like two people that knew that I was looking at ranks. Who's the t- second? I don't know. Oh, probably George or Ed. Oh yeah. I love talking about that. It makes me so happy. Um, Okay, so Blake Canterbury is going to come in here in just a few minutes to uh, to talk about Purposity because we're going to kick off this Purposity team launch. But until he gets here, uh, I want to take a second and talk about Hemp Fusion, a partner of The Upside. They are part of the show this week, and we say thank you very much to them. If you have heard about CBD oil but you haven't tried it, head over to hempfusion.com and learn what they have to offer. I took some of their CBD oil last night before I went to bed because my mind was just racing. I was probably crunching some numbers. I was How pro- did you take it, just out of curiosity? 
Uh, I just make, you can just mix it into to food or drink or it's, it comes with a little eyedropper. But okay. what Hemp Fusion has that's cool is um, they have it in liquid form and they also have capsules because they oh. do. Yeah. So you don't have to squeeze it into something if you don't like the to taste like the, the oh one that's I, cool yeah the one i had yesterday was like minty but they have capsules because they don't offer just cbd they add omegas and terpenes which work with the cbd to absorb into your body differently so they've got formulas for stress they've got formulas for sleep they've got formulas for everyday use they've got formulas for energy uh, go to hempfusion.com. You'll get free shipping and 20% off if you use the word upside when you check out hempfusion.com. All right. So let's do a check-in with our October resolutions. I like October resolutions better just because it sounds more fun. Okay. October resolutions. We, Jeff has decided that January is like setting yourself up to fail for resolutions. So we should figure out what we want to get better at or improve on and then start now. So by the time January comes around, the Upsiders team upside is on their way. No, we're already there. We're and already everyone there. Else is like struggling to do it. And we're like, Nope. Old news. We are already there. There's we're nothing, there. there's nothing good. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. There's nothing good about starting your resolution on January 1st. If it's, if it's a fitness related resolution, the gym is crowded. Right. Mm -hmm. If it is a non-smoking resolution, guess what? You smoke to help alleviate stress and all of your holiday bills are about to roll in. Um, if it's uh, whatever your resolution is, and there's so much pressure, everybody's asking you, what's your resolution? What are you going to do? What are you giving up? How are you going to change? What's happening? Yeah. And just, yeah, it's just, yeah. Jeff doesn't like it. It's just too much stress, too much pressure. So let's start now. There's nothing stressful about the month of October. And you know what? It's the season of change. Resolutions should happen. Wow. Jeff, that is, that's pretty deep. There you go. I'm impressed. So, so Callie and I made uh, four resolutions each. Um, I have done a good job with three of them and I need to step up my reading one, but the physical fitness ones, the ones about walking and sweating, I've done those. Mm -hmm. I'm happy with both of those. And then, uh, I'm actually, uh, well, by the time you hear this, I will have done a comedy show that I probably normally would have passed on, mm -hmm. but, uh, I'm just trying to get out there more. I'm just trying to get used to like having normal, human. <laughs> having normal hours and like not having to go to bed at 8 PM, which has been my existence for two decades. Right. So, uh, so I'm three for four right now. So I feel good. Okay. So my resolutions were work out five times a week, find a healthy balance with food, get back on schedule with the blog and save a percentage of each paycheck. I am on track to work out five times this week, which is really cool. I, um, healthy balance of food. I've been keeping a food diary that I'm going to send over to a friend, a, a foodie expert friend of mine, this week, tomorrow's my last day of Speaking doing that. Speaking of foodie expert friends, is it Laura Lee who's who you're sending it to? Yes. Um, did you see her comments about the cookbook dramatic reading? No. What did she say? She loved it. Oh, good. She sent us a uh, a group text on um, Instagram and said that uh, she thought it was great. And then I forward, somebody sent us an email and said that they were laughing out loud at it, and I forwarded it to her. That's awesome. So she's not going to try to poison you when she <laughs> when you review. What's who's the woman in um, Mean Girls? Oh, by the way, Mean Girls Day was yesterday. Oh, yeah. On October 30th. Isn't what day it was. Um, 
who gave the uh, other girl the fat, the bars to make her fatter. Oh, the calteen bars? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about her doing that to you because she liked the cookbook reading. <laughs> um, and then number three was get back on schedule with the blog, which I have had like no, that has been totally stagnant. And save a percentage of each paycheck. I haven't really done anything on that, but also we haven't gotten a paycheck. So that's a non thing, but. I will be doing that. The blog you'll get back into as soon as you have time. Like you messed up your week bad. I messed up my week so bad. And I think I, here's my problem. And I've done a pocket podcast podcast on this before, but blank holes in your calendar aren't fill me spaces. And I am the worst at that of seeing holes in my calendar. And when someone asks me to do something or I need to schedule a meeting being like, Oh yeah, I have all these holes in my calendar. And yesterday I did not sit down. I was late to everything. I was running. I was stressed about leaving one meeting to get to the other. And I burnt myself out. And then today I lost my work ID. Uh I was absent at work. I forgot like four things that my boss asked me to do. Like it just ruins my thing. Like I'm sure there are some people, maybe people that have a bajillion assistants that can schedule their day that way. I cannot until I have help or not a full-time job. I don't think this would help you, but I thought this was an interesting technique that I saw someone do. Um, They have a pretty scheduled calendar Mm -hmm. and I wish I remember who this was so I could give them credit for it because I saw it online. They have a pretty intense calendar and they have started scheduling in the morning and in the afternoon, like toward the end of their workday, 30 minute catch up time, mm-hmm. like a 30 minute block where they intentionally don't schedule anything so that if something runs over or something, they're not like backed way up, like back to back to back to back, they schedule in a buffer and uh, they said it changed their life. So I don't know if for me that- it's about buffers. Like I need a time in my day to not do anything. So whether that is a workout, whether that is sitting on the couch, catching up on dateline, whatever, like I need to, cause my brain, when I don't give it a little bit of a rest, totally fails me the next day. And shout out to anybody who works odd hours, works overnight shifts, who works like nurses and doctor mm-hmm. hours, you know, like uh, first responders who have late night shifts, anybody who has a non nine to five ish schedule. We know, I know, and Callie has learned how much that jacks up your entire life. So shout out to everybody who tries to live a normal life while working like overnights, for example. It's so weird too. And Jeff had to have a sit down conversation with me when I first took this job. Because I was like, oh, great, same schedule. I'll be off by 12 and then I'll have a whole day. And um, I'm sure that if you are, maybe not if you're a true overnighter, but if you're someone that goes into work super early in the morning and you're out by noon, you're like, I have the whole day ahead of me. And then you schedule it like you didn't just work eight hours. And Jeff sat me down at one point that was like, Callie, perspective. You've just worked eight hours when you make, like, it's not like. So if you make it through, my point was. It's not like waking up at noon. If you work some weird shift, like 4 a.m. to noon, Mm -hmm. right? And then you schedule a dentist appointment at 3 p.m. and dinner with somebody at 5 p.m., let's say. to I would always do the math in my head and be like, that's like scheduling a dentist appointment at 7 p.m. and dinner at 9 p.m., for 
a nine to five for a yeah, typical workday schedule. So, uh, so shout out to everybody who does that because, because we feel you. I you, feel you. You are a special kind of person. We have a new part of the upside and it's something that Jeff and I have talked about wanting to do since we started first brainstorming at the upside before it was even a podcast. And that was a giving, like, how do we give, how do we give to others? And then when we started it, that's something you've been asking too, is how can we help other people? How can we get involved? We want to do something. So now we have something for you to do like forever. We're forming another part of the upside. It's going to be like an upside team giving group effort. Cause I, I think for me personally, the, the thing that really kind of caught me off guard with the, with this upside thing was the community that formed and how quickly it formed. Like when we started the Facebook group, before we launched, I pulled Callie aside and I'm like, this is going to be like, what are we going to do? We're going to get 50 people to sign <laughs> up to on Facebook. And then what do we do with those people? He didn't get it. Yeah. I was like, I get it. I got it. I have a vision. Callie's like, there's going to be more than 50 people. I said, okay, well, 12,000 people later, <laughs> we've got ourselves a Facebook group and we've got 65,000 people a week tuning into the, to the show. And we've got our 20,000 people on our newsletter and it's all very overwhelming, but it is all one community. It's a big, small community. It's a big, small community of people that want to do things for other people. And you've heard, if you follow Jeff's uh, old radio show, you've heard him talk about Proposity before. You've heard me talk about it on Instagram stories. And we have the founder of Proposity sitting here with us, Mr. Blake Canterbury himself. <laughs> Like there should be music and like you should walk out in a tux or something. I typically walk around with my own theme music. Uh, <laughs> As so you should. Like at like bat music. Like, <laughs> uh, you you were, were a baseball player, right? Yeah, so I, did I, you, Yeah, I was. Did you have at bat music? Did you have walk up music? I did. What was it? So it was in high school. This will date me. Yeah. Uh, so in high school, it was Welcome to Atlanta. <laughs> Perfect. Of course it was. That song was epic. Yes. Yes. I feel like it's mandatory to have that as your walkout music. Something by Ludacris or mm -hmm. T.I. or Outkast has to be your music in the lab. I mean, once you get the fans into it, then yeah. you have to do well at the at-bat. Otherwise, like, they're just going to like cry when you walk oh, off. So you're just like, I've right. got to do something. <laughs> All right. Before we get into Proposity, how did Callie do hosting the event at Turner a couple weeks ago with you? Standing ovations. Really? He's such a, no, he's such a liar. No, People I'm not. stood up to leave. Like when, the, when it was over, that was my standing ovation, but people really liked it. And okay, I think good. what we, if you missed the episode where we talked about that, um, the company that I work for has an employee, they call it make you matter week, but it's like, thank you to their employees. And they set up all these cool events and talks and whatever. And Blake was leading a talk. They asked me to introduce him and kind of like navigate a short Q and a. So Blake and I did that. And you crushed it. And we crushed it together. <laughs> yeah, literally crushed it. Yeah, we did. All right. And obviously you were there talking about propositi and that's why you're here too. So let's start off with the background for anybody who's listening, who's never heard of propositi. Give us like the propositi 101. Yeah. So, um, the backstory shortly, I was working at a creative agency, uh, and I was not trying to go create something socially good in the world. Um, I was working on mobile apps and TV campaigns. And one day I got an email from a homeless liaison in the school district. And she just framed the problem that kids are walking into classroom without proper clothes and they're going home hungry. Is there a technology solution we could put around this? 
I called some developers. We put together a MVP basic texting solution, gave it to them. They ran it for three months and called me and said, look, you fundamentally solved this issue for us. Every school district in the country is facing this and almost every nonprofit's facing this. So we knew we had a problem that we could solve. And then the flip side of that was, well, what's the solution? And we felt like it was the millions of people with a cell phone in their hand. And as we started doing research, people consistently said, I want to do good in the world. I don't know where to start. And when we asked them what doing good in the world was, they basically reduced it to two things. I either give money to a big pot of money and I have no idea who I'm actually helping, or I volunteer for an organization that I may or may not care about. And we thought, could we just reimagine philanthropy? People are doing that just to check the box, just to just to feel just to feel good. Yeah, and here and there, or they were asked to, or yeah. for whatever. Um, and we're like, could we just reimagine this? Like, what would generosity for our generation actually look like? And so, what our model is, it's really simple. Um, we work with local schools and local nonprofits. We empower them with this technology. And now, a homeless liaison at a school district can walk into a house. They can see a kid sleeping on the floor and pull out their cell phone and enter a need in real time for that kid for a bed. Or a kid walks into a classroom somewhere in America, probably in your town this morning, with holes in their shoes. Our belief is that you would buy that kid a pair of shoes if you only knew they needed it. We just have no idea that they need it. Um, and look, we could do a doctor's appointment sitting right here at this table if we wanted to, but we have no idea if a kid two streets from here has food to eat or clothes to wear. Right. Right. And now with purposity, that fundamentally changes. Because if you knew that your next door neighbor had a need, right? Like if you, if you, if you lived next door to an apartment building that burned down and there were three families in there and they lost all their school supplies and all their school clothes, Next time you go to Walmart or go to Target or, or Macy's or wherever, you buy them a couple outfits and a backpack. Of course. But the world is just more fractured now, and you might not know your neighbor. You might feel awkward reaching out to them, but you still want to help your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And I think at the end of the day, that's what propositi is, right? Like helping your neighbor, getting back to our roots of helping your neighbor, but doing it with technology. Yeah, absolutely. And it's people talk about how technology can divide people and causes us not to have conversations. And you guys are the upside's a great example of how it's using technology to foster relationships. And that's what we're trying to do. It's like hey, people want to do good. It's like, why isn't there a trusted, safe place that I can turn and know that the people that I'm helping is actually moving? And one of the cool things about it is we partner with local schools and nonprofits. They've been on the ground and we vet them to make sure they have systems to move people from poverty to sustainability. And one of the questions we get all the time is like, man, I just passed a homeless guy on the street. Do I buy them money? Do I give them food? Am I enabling or am I actually helping? Um, and we just had somebody email us last week and be like, hey, I passed somebody on the street, didn't know if I should help them or not. And they were in Atlanta. So I've opened Purposity. I didn't help them. I turned to Purposity. I found the need from Atlanta Mission, which is one of the staples of Atlanta's homeless organizations. And I turned around and met two needs. And I felt like- Oh, that's cool. I, I knew yes. that we were transitioning somebody to stability and that was the right thing to do. Very And the cool. crazy thing is, I, was, I told the story when we were- um, to speaking at Turner is that, you know, you, a lot of people are like, okay, I have, you know, a lot of people either set aside or feel like they want to do something at the end of the year or whatever. And you definitely can. But I was saying, you know, with the gratitude journals, like we always pick organizations to donate to, and, and we do a charitable component of that. And Jeff and I were literally sitting down at the table, having a conversation about what charity would want our money because 
we don't have, we're not going to be writing a $200,000 check to them. We well, just want to get, we want to we are, we don't know how these things are going to sell. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's know? Jeff looking at the upside, <laughs> but, um, you know, so we were like, who want, you know, who would this make an impact with? And Blake said something that floored me. Cause he literally laughed at me when I was telling him that me and Jeff were like having a hard time picking, you know, a charity that it would make a difference to. And he was like, Callie, the, what, what, what was your, Sentence that you actually said, because it sounds more eloquent than anything that I'll say. <laughs> so the average price of $400 is what tips somebody into poverty. So the homeless guy you pass on the street, and this may not be the case for all of them, but on average, a $400 expense caused them to not be able to pay rent and then they got evicted or they oh, couldn't wow. pay their heating bill and it spiral. It was a downward spiral. So $400, you divide that by the price point you're talking about and how right. many people in theory, could you have helped prevented tipping into poverty? Well, and that's the thing. So let's explain what Proposity is. If you don't have it on your phone, it is an app and I'll explain it in my like Cali terms. Um, I've downloaded the app it hooks up with my credit card and then it lo by location tells me around me what needs there are in my community. And Proposity has done the hard work. They've vetted the organizations. They've made sure it's an actual need and I can click on it and see who needs what in my neighborhood. And last time I clicked on it, it was an elderly woman who didn't have somewhere to sleep and she needed a futon. Uh, what do you call it? The skeleton of a futon. What do you call that? The frame. Uh, the frame. Thank you. And, um, it was $85 and I happened to be getting paid that day. I'm like, of course, this woman needs a place to sleep. Like, of course I would. This was, this is a woman two miles from where I'm standing at that minute. Um, so in, you can click fill this need. It says, thank you. It tells you when the need is fulfilled. It tells you, I mean, they do the hard work behind the scenes, but it and basically. You, and you get a text message when it's delivered. So three days later, four days later, a week later, when you've completely forgotten about this this woman, you get a message pops up in your phone and says, hey, just want to let you know this morning we delivered the bed to the old woman. Thank you again. And you're like, oh, yeah, I did that. So you're filling very specific needs. And I would say that was actually on the higher end. I mean, they have needs up to $250, but most of the needs that I see on my feet on a regular basis are $25. $35, like $18 for a pair of pants for a high schooler that needs, that does, have, does not have clothes that fit to go to school. Um, so you can do these little needs when you're able to do them. And it's amazing. Jeff loves it. Um, Jeff will be having a bad day and I'll walk in. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, failing propriety needs. I'm fulfilling needs. I'm grinning needs because I'm in a bad mood. Because there's I need two, to lift the energy. There's two ways to use it, right? There's, uh, when you sign up for it, you agree to get one text message a week or so. There's Lily just walked in the room to shake, shake it off. Uh, you, you sign up to get one text message a week or so, right? Yep. And then that text message is a need. And with one click, we just push yes, and you can fill it. Yep. So in the thought process behind it is when you download the app, so we've moved from texting to just push notifications. Okay. So when you download the app, just turn notifications on. We promise we won't bombard you. But the thought is that most of us somewhat want to do good in the world, but we don't wake up every day thinking, how do I seek out that opportunity? So we thought this is almost like your personal assistant for good. Turn it yes. on. And once a week, we'll intersect you with an opportunity to do good. If you're busy, ignore it. If you have 30 seconds, click in and read the story or see some of the other stories in there and you may just change a life. It'll take you less than 30 seconds to fulfill the need and it's on their doorstep in less than two days. And then the other way to use it that Callie was talking about is 
if you are feeling like you've got to change the energy that's that's around you, what I do is I open the app and I'll look for a few needs. You know, usually I try I want to fill a few of them, so I look for the, the lower priced ones, and then I'll just fill them and I'll read the story behind it. And it, I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but it's a reminder that. I am very blessed and mm -hmm. very fortunate. And there are other people who have a, a different journey and have struggle that, that I can help alleviate. And it's just, it goes in, it's the spirit of gratitude because you are, I am, I do it because it makes me feel grateful that I'm in a position to help other people. Do you want to and, fulfill needs right now? Should sure. I fulfill one right now? Yeah. Okay. So you open the app. I have the app in my phone right now. I click nearby. So nearby me. And then I click on the first story. It says these five siblings could use a boost in comfort. They're all in elementary middle school, which means they're growing. They all outgrew their only pairs of shoes over the summer, um, making long days at school tough with shoes that don't fit. Let's and before you keep reading, I can't believe you opened that one because when you think of the position that you're you're in like as a, as a blessed person, as a fortunate person. Remember this story, because I, I think of this all the time, Callie, the news story that you were a part of last year that you guys covered. Oh my gosh. Where you met a family that had multiple children, mm -hmm. but they took turns going to school mm -hmm. because the whole family was sharing one or two pairs of shoes. They were sharing one pair. It was five kids in one family. And um, when you miss a certain amount of school days, the police go to your house to do like basically a welfare check and say, hey, what's going on? What's the deal? Why are these kids not in school? And he, this officer realized that these five kids were sharing one pair of shoes. And we did a story on that and an organization that helped them get shoes. Um, but it's that, it's things like that that we don't that think about. Simple. It's like right next that, to us. The shoes that you guys helped facilitate as part of that story or the need that you're about to grant right now is going to be, what's, what's a pair of shoes on there? For okay. So it's a, um, and it's a single mom. Okay. And then, so this is going to be a pair of shoes for one of the elementary school girls and it's 37 75. And I just clicked need this meet. It brings up my credit card. I say donate with this card. And then I get a little, so it's 38 bucks. You just changed that young woman's life. And it says you've met this need. Thanks for making a difference. So that's $38. And that kid just went from somebody who might not have gone to school because she's embarrassed, bullied, or can't physically yeah. get there because she doesn't have or shoes. Or she's in pain because yes. her feet hurt because her shoes don't fit. And here's the thing that I want to say. Like, we're many? not saying people go right now and there's this closed window and you have to have money right now that you want to spend. What we did and what Proposity did for us is they created an upside team. So like we have a team that's going to be an ongoing building. Like we're never going to end this team and you'll join the team, our team. And then as you feel like you want to fulfill a need, maybe it's not this week, maybe it's not the next two months, but whenever you can and the mood strikes you get on the app as part of our team and fulfill a need and, and help other people. And, um, so awesome. But, but download the app today. What's the process for joining, like for joining the upside team? Yeah. So we we'll make it simple. We'll put it out there. Um, so basically just download the app, create your profile. Um, and then you'll in the upper right hand corner of your profile, um, there's a settings button, tap the settings 
and it'll say uh, team settings. Hit that button, and then we will set up a team code. Okay. Um, I think it's upside. I think so. You send it Let to me. Let me see because I'll join it right now. Yeah, you just type in upside. Oh, there I am. And okay, that was easy. Once you type upside in, in your bottom navigation, you'll automatically see a team icon. Click on it and you're on the team. You can Perfect. see what's happening. Oh, this is awesome. Wait, how are there? There are already five people in this team. So this what will happen is every time somebody joins a team, we'll be able to track how many people have joined it. Uh, the total dollar value and how many needs have been met. And we'll see those success metrics populate in real time. And if you guys are talking about it and we're like, hey, let's rally you know, everybody behind it, we can rally at one time, send a push notification to the team and get everybody moving towards a cause or anything that we want, or just any day that you just want to do good in the world, we'll see the celebration of that go on. And people won't see your personal giving metrics. Like nobody will know that you met this need and how much you gave or how little, like we're not worried about that. Like this is more about collectively. What is our community doing together? And don't, and please don't be intimidated uh, or feel like you can't be a part of this because you financially can't right now. What we want is we want you to download the app and put the upside team, join, join the, the team, upside team. Mm -hmm. join the upside team. And then collectively, we're going to make a huge difference. And we'll all cross our fingers that someday you'll be able to be a part of it. You know, you'll be able to contribute as well. But until then, we're all lifting each other up that all yeah, of us on the newsletter, yeah. all of us listening to this podcast, all of us um, being a part of the uh, Facebook community, we're doing it together. So just get on the team. And then the, the natural next question that people are going to ask, Blake, is if somebody has needs or knows of a group that has needs, should where should they turn to find uh, how to how to get those needs broadcast? Yep. Great question. And going back real quick to the point of like, if you don't if you're intimidated of meeting needs, just create a profile. We have a stories feed and they're just inspirational stories around the world. Like that's happening, what's happening in the community. And I promise like, if you download the app only to read these stories and join the upside team, it's worth it. Like it's just, it'll make your day better. So Perfect. just, a, just another reason to download. Um, but if you have somebody that's in need, so perposity, our big thing we want to do is make sure that fraud never happens in the site. Right. Um, so like, you know, sites like GoFundMe, they're doing great things, but people are getting scammed. Like there was one story last year of a homeless guy, a husband and wife teamed up with them. They fabricated a story over $600,000. Oh. And then it all fell apart because the half the, the woman who is scamming tried to rip off the homeless guy. And he's like, no, we are going to split this 50, 50. And he came out. Yeah. And he, and he's like, Oh, I don't got, I got nothing to lose. I'm going to take you down. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what we're trying to prevent. So, and the other side of it is that we want to make sure that people are inside systems to move from poverty to sustainability. Um, and we don't feel like our role at Proposity is to do that. It's to, to facilitate the people who have great systems with the people that want to help. So if you have somebody that's in need, find a local nonprofit, a local school district, tell them the person's need, tell them the story. They're the experts in the field and we want to drive more resources and let them do what they do. Great. So if you know somebody in need, turn to a local organization and they vet all the needs and submit them to Proposity. Okay. If the organization's not on there, just have them reach out. Hello at Proposity.com. We'll accept any organization or nonprofit or school district that wants it. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. How many total member do you know any of the numbers offhand like how many total members you have and how many needs you've met 
Yep. So we had been building kind of like a private beta of this for like two years. Yeah. In November, we released the app publicly coming out of private beta. So we just crossed 50,000 users. There's awesome. 51,880 something right now. So after this comes out, we'll easily cross 52,000. Oh my gosh, the upsiders are going to kill it. That's awesome. And if you have a company and if your company is looking for stuff like this, right? Because that was part of the reason that you went to, to, the Turner campus with Callie and you're, you're going out to Arizona soon to launch it with these big companies. You're trying to convince them to bring propositi into their HR fold and into their uh, employee communities. Right? Yeah, exactly. So we just, we think that a lot of corporate strategy is great. We love all the, like the missional side and the CSR, like corporate social responsibility that companies are doing, but we think we could help them reimagine it and make it more fun and engage employees better. So we have a lot of cool ideas. A bunch of companies are jumping on board with it already. So if you think the place that you work, your employers would like this, hey, set us up. We're ready to talk to anybody and everybody. All right. Looking at you, Delta and Coca-Cola and UPS and Home Depot. <laughs> yeah, are, those are. Big, are those big enough for you? Or are you <laughs> <laughs> we are ready. <laughs> well, thank you for coming by the uh, dining room slash studio. And uh, <laughs> sorry that our dogs were annoying, but I appreciate you coming in. Hey, we love them. Thank you for listening to the Upside Podcast with Callie and Jeff. Please make sure you subscribed so you never miss an episode of The Upside. If you are listening to this on the day of release, Friday, October 4th, hope you have a terrific weekend. And if you're in the Woodstock area tonight... Honest to God, this is one of the coolest things that has ever happened to me professionally. There is a meetup organized by listeners of this show. Callie and I had nothing to do with it. Literally nothing to do with it. T-Bird had nothing to do with it. We, you organize, you guys wanted to hang out with each other and organize yourselves. So it's happening tonight, Friday, October 4th at Reformation Brewery in Woodstock. And... Callie and I are going to show up. And no one knows that yet. I mean, now you do, obviously, because you're listening, but we haven't said anything in the Facebook group. And we may be bringing something. I don't know. Yes, we have gifts. So we, we, we would love to see you. I think it starts around 7 o'clock and it goes until whenever. Uh, so whenever in Cali world, because she gets up so early, it's probably about 1030 at the latest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a super late night kind of girl, but you never know. And um, there is no such thing as being awkward, too awkward, because yeah. Jeff will be taking care of all the awkward. I'll handle, and, <laughs> I'll handle the awkward. <laughs> <laughs> there's no such thing as like not being good with people. You are welcome. You are wanted. And if you want to come hang, we would love to see you. The details are on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash. Kelly and Jeff. Hi guys, this is Heather from Auburn, Georgia. I just wanted to call and say I love the podcast. It's fantastic. I listen every morning. Um, usually finish it up in the afternoon on my drive home. But um, I wanted to say I have a suggestion for the ending. I used to tell my children every time I dropped them off at school be kind to their friends and neighbors so perhaps we could say go forth and do great things in your day and be kind to your friends and neighbors okay bye i have no opinions about the cat poop statement at the end however i always thought she was saying ethically some cat poop like ethically some cat poop
So I didn't really understand what that meant until everyone was saying, I'm going to eat some cat food. So, anyway, I was just sharing that in case anyone felt the same. Hey, y'all. I am so excited. I'm in the best mood today. <sighs> you know why? Because <laughs> cat poop is going away. Hi, Kelly and Jeff. This is Jackie. I just wanted to share my unbelievable story. And I, the same, don't really tell it much because it sounds like too impossible. But I was at Sushi Samba in New York City eating with a friend and Jeremy Piven walked in and this was years ago before we took pictures of everything and all the restaurant people kept going up to him the guests and even the wait staff so me and my friend were like we don't want to be annoying so we just stayed at our table and he came to our table and was like oh are you girls having a good night what have you and invited us to come out with him and his entourage so we rode in the same car with him I actually sat on his lap for a little bit we ended up in another I don't know, like speakeasy where he cut in the bathroom line and like jumped on my back, like Jackie, let me go in the bathroom with you. It was so surreal. Um, But again, I didn't want to be cheesy to like ask for an autograph or take a picture back when we didn't have iPhones. Um, And at the end of the day, he was staying at the W hotel and was helicoptering out to the Hamptons after he dropped us at each of our apartments. So Jeremy Piven drove me home for what I consider a date. I love listening to y'all's podcast. I listen to it every morning on the way to school. Um, Jeff, I love your sound effects. I love it. It's so funny. Bye, y'all. Have a good morning. I have to go eat some cat poop. Okay, bye.